We're finishing up a book of the Bible, James. James is a, is a practical book. I like that. Don't you like that? When you can read something, you can understand it, and then you can, do, you can apply it. You can do something with it. It makes you better. And um, so we're in chapter five. It's the last chapter in James. And today we're going to read just a couple verses. And I'm really excited about these verses because what James does is James brings clarity to a place where there's been a lot of um, unclarity, where, where there's been a lot of confusion about healing and, and that kind of stuff and what to do when you're hurting. He just, man, he just spells it out. I don't know if you've ever gone somewhere. Maybe, maybe you and your, your girlfriend, you and your wife, maybe you've gone to a couple's house and you went over there and maybe it's Thanksgiving, it's Christmas time and you're eating some food and you're like, man, that is awesome. Honey, make sure you get the recipe. That is amazing. I want you to cook that. And so then you go to whoever the, the cook was and you're like, man, I, I, man we, before we leave, we got to get that recipe. And they're like, oh, man, that, yeah, it tastes good, doesn't it? They're like, man, we'd love to give it to you, but if we did, we'd have to kill you. And you both kind of nervous laughter. And you're like, no, really, I'd love to get that recipe. And they're like, no, really, I'd have to kill you. You know, that's like the secret sauce. You know, it's, it's, um, it's been in our family for years. We're not, I, don't, I don't know, but um, James does this. James gives us something so good that we're like, woo, man. It's like the secret sauce. Like all of a sudden we're understanding how to, how to live, how to make it. And, and take out your phones, your tablets, your Bibles. Go to James. We're going to look at James, James chapter 5. James chapter 5. And I want to just give a shout out to Mama Gail, Papa Cliff. They led so well. We had a, um, you're wondering why a couple of people are clapping. It's because there was a parade yesterday here in Gulf Breeze. And, and they just led it so well and helped us with the float. And man, we had, I just want to say thank you to all the kids that came out and all the adults. We, it was incredible. Um, the judges gave us, let me get this right here, they gave us the best in the holiday spirit for the City of Gulf Breeze Parade 2013, which I love that. Man, enthusiasm comes from uh, two Greek words, entheos, meaning if you're in God, you ought to be excited. If you know God, you ought to have some enthusiasm about you. And uh, so what a great award to win. And we just had a, had a good time, man. We, we threw out 20,000 pieces of candy. 20,000 pieces of candy. It was crazy. We threw it out and, uh, and had a blast. It was just a good time. Um, next year, we invite everyone to come be a part of that. Love loving on the community. It was cool to see some of the people on the side of the road, and you could tell they were teachers, you know, and, and, um, or work at one of the schools here, and they're like, thank you for the turkeys. You know, we got them. They were awesome. That was super cool. So thank you for your generosity. Um, you guys are amazing. We're in James, and I got just a few minutes to, um, to preach a couple verses here that are really going to bring some clarity, and I really believe help us know what to do. It's kind of like in this passage, it's like, okay, is this your problem? We're going to diagnose it. Then this is the solution. So let's read. Um, verse 13, James chapter 5, verse 13, I'm reading from the message, are, are you hurting so I want us to stop there and ask you are, you, are you hurting? Anyone here today, you're hurting. Man, that, can, that speaks of, it speaks of a physical type of pain, but it's, it would also include an emotional struggle, um, a physical area where you need healing in your life. Maybe you have a sickness, maybe you have a disease, maybe it's relational. Maybe there's a, a relational disease in your family, something that just, man, it needs to be healed. And, and James asked the question, are you hurting? But it's an obvious. It's kind of like, are you breathing? 
Anyone here breathing? Duh, of course we're breathing. And then, duh, of course there are people here today that are hurting. Because the truth is you're either, you're either right in the middle of a storm, you're coming out of the storm, or you're getting ready to go into the storm. We all have problems and trials. We all have things that, man, hurt us so bad. And we're like, man, I mean, Friday I did a funeral. Did a funeral on Friday for a family that literally, I think in the last year and a half, they've had like close to, I want to say like 10. It was just incredible how many deaths in the family. And um, they're hurting right now. It's just like enough, enough. They're hurting. Maybe you're here today and, and um, there's something in your life that no one knows about, not even your spouse. They don't even know. And the truth is you're hurting so bad. Maybe there's an addiction in your life that is just bringing you serious pain because you're addicted and you don't want to, but you end up doing it. The very thing that you're like, I'll never do that again, you end up doing it again. Are you, are you hurting? Maybe someone has hurt you recently. Maybe it's happening where you work. And there's someone there, there's a coworker, there's a boss, someone that works for you, and they're gossiping, and they're hurting, they're being malicious, they're spreading gossip, they're telling lies, They're hurting your company. Maybe you own a company. Maybe you're a leader and you're leading an organization. You're leading a business. You're leading a company and and you're hurting. Maybe you're hurting financially. Maybe you're hurting as far as leadership goes. Maybe, Maybe you need the right person in your business and you're looking for that person. You just can't find the right hire. And your your company, your business, your organization is hurting because of it. James answers, he gives us the answer what to do when we're hurting. What's the next word? Are you hurting? Pray pray. Now, I just want to stop right there and just say that, you know what? Prayer was designed, prayer was made to be a starter, not to come in at the end as a reliever. That's what prayer, prayer was designed to be a starter, to start off our day saying, God, we need you. God, please help me. And to lay, to cast what's on us to God. God doesn't want you walking around with everything on you. How how, how many have ever felt like you're like, man, I have so much on me. Like, I can't take anymore. You ever felt like that? Raise your hand, anyone? Any honest people out there? I love momentum. We're not perfect. We are not perfect. If you're perfect, this is not the church for you. Go to another church. You'll mess us up. And it's okay not to be perfect. It's okay not to be okay. It's just not okay to stay not okay. And and, and if you're here and you're hurting, then God says pray, man. Prayer is the antidote. That's what God wants you to do if you're hurting is to talk to him. How many feel like, don't raise your hand, how many feel like, I don't know how to pray, I don't know what to say, I don't know. But it's the same as talking to anybody else. You're just talking to God. And so you, you, you don't have to speak like, oh, thou God, I now behold cometh. Not even sure what I'm saying, gif. But I'm trying to talketh to thouethest. Selah. No, it, it, no, no, no. No, it's, it's just talking to God, right? It's just you talking to God like you would talk. God, I'm hurting. God, I'm frustrated. God, thank you for doing that. That's amazing, man. You are awesome. God, I had a, had a bad day today. God, you just told me I had a miscarriage. Don't even know what to say, right? It's just talking to God. God wants you to talk to him. God sits on heaven's throne and he leans into us. 
And what prayer is, is prayer is the nerve that moves the omnipotent. There's a big word there, but it's a good word. It means all-powerful. Omnipotent. That means he is all-powerful. There is nothing God can't do. So prayer is the nerve that moves the omnipotent hand of God. That's what prayer does. When we pray, God Almighty dispatches heaven's angels to fight on our behalf. Did you know that? You know, there's a guy in the Bible, his name was Daniel, and he was praying. He fasted for 21 days. He prayed, he fasted, and he was like, Lord, I need a, 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 a breakthrough here. And he was praying the same thing time and time again, day after day after day after day, and nothing was happening. So what do you do? You quit, right? You give up on God because he's old and deaf? No. No. You know that God sees you and God hears you. And sometimes we don't hear God, and it's not because he's mad at us. It's because he's waiting. He's waiting for the perfect time. Daniel fasted and he prayed, and the Bible says that God heard him, and God released angels to fight to give him the answer to what he was praying for and the enemy. You know we have an enemy, right? I mean, that's not, you know, that's not a great aha moment. We have an enemy. And the enemy was doing everything, was actually fighting angels in the heavens. We can't see it, but it happens. Trying to keep the angels from delivering the answer to his prayer. Sometimes when you pray, the reason why you haven't got an answer is Satan's doing everything he can to keep you from getting the answer. So don't quit praying. Pray, that's what it means to pray through. You just pray through. God, I'm here again. I'm addicted to alcohol. It's ruining my family. And this is not a confession from me, but I'm just saying, if this is you, it's, it's, it's ruining my family. Help me, Jesus, please help me. Help me to know what to do. Lead me to the right people. Then you keep praying and then you do something about it. Are any of you hurting? Pray. Do you feel great? Sing. In this room today, we have people who are hurting. We have people who, life is great, man. You just got to raise. Are you kidding me? You just got to raise, man. It's Christmas time. Yeah. A little extra money never hurts, especially around Christmas. You're doing good. And, and, and what, lean in, lean in. What does is, what is the world tell us to do? What does the world tell us to do when, man, things are going good? Anybody? You can say it. What? Huh? Well, the, the, the world and celebration is a good thing, right? But the world is like, party. Live it up. Go get drunk. You know, like, it'd be fun until you get the headache, you know? You're puking all over the place, right? But party! And God says, no, 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 I got something better than that. Now, God throws parties. You ain't even seen a party yet. Trust me. He invented the party. But he says, man, are you doing good? Like, is life good? Then sing. Sing. That's why we sing, by the way. That's what, it's just... Let you know. That's why we sing. We sing to God. We sing to God. We, we are thanking God. When you sing, it is a form of prayer. Did you know that? Maybe you're here and you're like, man, I don't know exactly how to pray. And I really struggle with that. I hate, I never pray in front of people. But man, I don't even know. God, me, and I'm like, what's up? Yeah, I, I like, I struggle. I don't know what to say. You know, one of the things you can do, the songs that we sing here, man, you sing those to God. It's a prayer to God. Just sing to God. Are you doing good? Then sing, man. We ought to be some singing people up in this place because God's been good to us. And by the way, here's the secret. Here's the secret. If things aren't going good, sing anyways. 
sing anyways. And you know what will happen? Boy, Paul and Silas, they're in prison. They're in the jail. They've been beaten. They're in handcuffs. It ain't happening so good. It's not good. You know what they're doing? Maybe they're like this, actually stretched out. They've been beaten. They're bleeding. They're singing to God. God heard their song. I don't know if you know the story. It's in Acts. All of a sudden, God sends an angel, shake up the place, and they walk out free. And then they really started singing. <laughs> you know, they were before like, how great is our God? Get me out of here. Sing it with me. You know, how great is our God? And then all of a sudden that happened. They're walking out and they're like, how great is our God, man? They're like, booyah. They're like, I don't tell you. Because so. when you sing, you're expressing your faith to God that God, either my life is not good and I'm still singing to you anyways, or you're saying, God, my life is good and I'm still singing to you anyways, because it rains on the just and the unjust, and all my times are in you, my times are in your hand, and and I'm just not going to look at my problems, I'm going to look at my creator, and I'm going to sing to you believing it's going to get better, or I'm going to sing to you thanking you for what you've done, because it's too much, I can't even take it in, it's overflowing my life, and I'm going to sing, and that's why the Bible says, be ready to give everyone an answer of the hope that's within you. Christians shouldn't be known for like people that look like they just sucked on a lemon, right? And church shouldn't be boring, man. This is when the body of Christ comes together, the family of Jesus comes together, and we rise up as one together in his house, and we sing to the king because he's my everything. He's my healer. He's my provider. He's my protector. He's my promoter. Don King ain't got nothing on God. I don't even know if he's still doing that or not. I just flashback to the 80s there. He's my provo- promoter. Promotion comes neither from the east nor the west, but from above, Psalm says. You want a raise? Go to the big guy about it. Lord, I need a raise. And watch him move heaven and earth. He's your promoter. You think, well, man, one day I want to do this, or I'm not doing this, or how come I'm not the guy, or how come I want to be up there? I want to be, be in the limelight, or man, I want to be the, you know, I want to be the, you know, the, you know, I want, I want to be, you know, the, the CEO one day. They don't know what they're doing. You know, I want to be on the executive team. Or I want to do this or I want to do that. Or one day I want to be a lieutenant. Or I want, man, just bloom where God plants you. And trust him. And what he'll do is he will promote you way better than you can promote yourself. But another man praise you, not your own lips. A stranger, not your own mouth. And God promotes you. God's got you. And he's got me too. Isn't that good? Mm. I just feel like preaching today. And this is where it gets tricky, because then it goes to sickness. Are any of you sick? And if you're sick, it tells us what to do. Call the church leaders together to pray and to anoint you with oil in the name of the master. Who's our master? Jesus. He's a master of the universe. He created it all. The Bible says nothing exists that was not from him. He made it all. He spoke it out of the words of his mouth. That's my daddy. He's, He's a big daddy. Out of his mouth comes life powerful. And here's, here's a couple of things about this. Number one, um, I remember being on staff when I was a lot younger, and I remember my dad, um, first church I worked at. We had like 40 people, man. And, um, you know, dad was the pastor there, and um, about 30 of them were getting ready to meet Jesus. And I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just saying they were near the end of their life, and it was a very older church, and people were always sick, always in the hospital, always had, you know, were falling. And, and as the church, we are to care for the, for the people in the church, to take care of our family. And um, it, you know, sometimes a, a lady would, would go to the hospital, hospital, and my dad was always at the hospitals, right? But let's say he missed one. 
And then, you know, bless her heart, sister, let's just call her Sister Susie. Sister Susie would get all up in arms because she's in the hospital, you know, and, and, and dad didn't come see her, but dad didn't know. And didn't know because Susie didn't say anything. And our church isn't like this, thank God. Um, you guys let us know when something's going on in your life. By the way, that's a biblical model. The Bible says here, are you sick? Then go call the leaders of the church. You let us know. That's how you help us, man. Are you having surgery? Then let us know, and we want to be there. We want to be there before. We want to before surgery. We want to pray over you. We want to line up meals. We want to serve you and love you. You having a baby? Let us know. We want to celebrate with you. You know, Jeremy, Pastor Jeremy, would you stand up real quick? Pastor Jeremy is our care pastor. He's doing a phenomenal job, and, and I'm, I'm so proud of you, man, you know? I mean, just last gathering, we brought up Brian. I used to be a student pastor. We brought him up last gathering at the 9 a.m. He's having open-heart surgery on Tuesday. Thank you, buddy. You can sit down. On Tuesday, he's 29 years old. He'll be going to the hospital at like 4.30 a.m., and as a staff, every one of us will be there, and we will pray with him. But man, you need people to be praying for you when you're going to have surgery, don't you? right? When you're sick, you need people. So here's what James is saying. If you're sick, don't keep it a secret and be like, I don't want people to know. No, no, no. We're a family. We're a family. There's a lady here today that um, she came and she told us one Sunday, she said, here's my papers. I'm sick. It's, it's cancer. Look, look, look at the papers. Look at this. And it wasn't good. I think some of her family didn't even know. But you know what was beautiful? She did what the Bible said to do. Go get the church leaders. That's what she did. And so you know what we did? We got a few people. We went in the side room. We looked at the papers. I'd never seen cancer papers before. I hate cancer. And I looked at these papers and looked over them. And, but we believe that God could heal her. God, by the way, I'm going to preach here for a minute. Um, God can still do and is still doing anything and everything that God did in the Bible. God didn't get old. God didn't grow impotent. He's like, yo, I'm 3,000 years old now. It's getting hard to do what I used to do. That's not God. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. He's the same tomorrow. He's the same in your future. He doesn't change. God doesn't change. He's still a healer. Jesus, Jesus walked around and healed people. He healed people. Saw someone that didn't have sight. And he said, what do you want me to do? And he's like, I can't see. And he healed them. People that were lame couldn't walk, and he touched them, and he healed them. People that were deaf couldn't hear. He healed them. People that had demons in them. And we don't always go around talking a lot about demons. I know, um, in fact, we opened up with one of those songs, I think, Demons, you know, a couple months ago. And, um, you know, it's, it's on the top six, I think, right now, if you've heard the song. But, you know, those, that's a real thing. The enemy's got some players in the game, too. And they want to still kill and destroy you. And they, they already had the boardroom meeting. They're on strategy. They're on mission to do it, to tear up your home, to make you and your wife hate each other, to make you be a horrible father, horrible. Man, they, they love that. That's what they love. They're, they're all about evil. That's their party. Don't, don't ever think it won't happen. When Jesus walked around and he'd, he'd get rid of that. He'd say, man, get out of here. And what's interesting to me is sometimes, sometimes the evil spirit in that person, that evil spirit would talk out and, and they would always give Jesus the respect and honor he's due. And they would say, Lord God most high. They recognized who he was. You and I, we, we ought to recognize who he is too. If demons tremble when they get in his presence, if they honor him and respect him, 
Well, boy, shouldn't we? And, and, you know, we ought to pray. We ought to be praying people, man. You got a baby that's going off the wrong way? A dear friend of mine, we're talking, we're praying the other night and opened up and shared about someone in his family that's going down the wrong path and and he got emotional and it was a good thing. Proud of him because he's passionate about someone he loves. Pray, we have weapons, man, of mass destruction. Prayer, we get to talk to God. It's not that it's not I have to do it, it's I get to. I like actually, I get to talk to the creator of the universe, to the one that paints the sunset and the sunrise. I get to talk to him and he hears me and he knows me. Last night, um, I did that, man. I went out to the dock, got down on my knees. And I just started praying. I just felt God's presence strong in my life. And, and um, I, I just, man, I just spent time with God and I sang to him. I just sang to him and I just spent some time with him. That's what God wants. God wants time with you. Did you know that? Do you know he's more interested in you spending time with him than you coming to church? See, in American culture, we just think, go to church, check the box. Okay, we're good. Go home. Hopefully, you know, hopefully he's happy with me. He lo- are you, is that, is it, it's way better than that. He loves you. And see these new babies? Every one of you parents know what it's like to look at Taylor Grace while she sleeps. And you look at her and, and you get a little emotional, get some tears, and you think, she doesn't even have a clue how much I love her. I do anything for her. I want to tell you, there's a Father God up in heaven who when you sleep looks down over you. He says, you don't even have a clue how much I love you. I do anything. In fact, I did everything for you on Calvary. I did everything you would ever need. Hmm. You know, back to the story about the lady. She came to us and showed us the papers and we prayed over her. We did exactly what this verse says. We anointed her with oil and we prayed with believing prayer. I want you to write this down, the definition of believing prayer. I want to get it right here. That God can and will do what's best. God can and will do what's best. Definition of believing prayer. God can and God will do what's best. And the second part of it is, so I will trust him. God can do its best, and God will do its best. So my only response is I'm going to trust him. Listen, things happen in our lives that are not good. Funeral on Friday, I got a funeral here in about an hour and a half. It's not good things. But the Bible says to Jesus' followers, to those that know him and love him, the Bible says that all things work together for good. It doesn't say all things are good. It just says that God is dedicated enough to make sure that everything happening in your life and in my life is coming together and working for good. And the only way I know how to illustrate that is grandma. Grandma used to make buttermilk biscuits. I lived with grandma for a little bit. I love grandma. That woman could cook, man. Son. Woo. If I was still eating her food, I'd be like 60 pounds overweight, man. As a kid, I had a little discipline. Now I'm like, you know, grandma made some buttermilk biscuits. And mm, I'm just preach here for a minute. I'm gonna preach on biscuits. How about that one? Truth is when your life's right with God, even the biscuits are better. Grandma would make these biscuits. She'd open, I'd open them up, and they were hot. Steam would come out. Boy, and she had that butter. We just believed in butter. Forget the margin. <laughs> we like real butter, man, right there. Man, butter all over that thing. In fact, there wasn't a piece of that biscuit that didn't have butter on it, man. It was, it was dipped, soaked, marinated, something. It had butter on it. We'd open that thing, and then we'd take the honey. We'd put that, that 
cold honey on that hot biscuit, that steam coming out. You're getting hungry right now, right? Oh, yeah. I'm going to take a bite of that thing. It was so good. But I hated buttermilk. I hated buttermilk. I, mean, I took it as a little kid. I was like, I wonder what this tastes like. I'm like, never do that again, right? Nasty. Stuff going nasty. Sometimes God takes the buttermilk in our life. He adds a little salt, and he adds some flour, and he adds some heat. We don't like the heat, but it's the very thing that makes the biscuit taste so good. This passage says, any of you sick, any of you hurting? There's some hurting people here today. There's some sick people. And you know what? God, what what do you do? What what do you do with the, the, the couple that sat right there on the third row? last gathering, that their son died. We prayed for God to heal him. We anointed him with oil. We believe that God could and would ultimately heal him. And we asked God for that. And God said, after our prayer, that just a few hours later, God said, oh, I'm going to heal him all right. But you had him long enough. He's too good for this earth. I'm going to take him up here with me. Just like the gardener of old, walking through the garden, saw this beautiful rose among all the roses, cut it, didn't cut it to kill it, cut it to display it, to put it on a table where family would smell and see the beauty of the rose. God ultimately heals Christians. God still heals today, just like that lady. We prayed over, she went to the doctor, went back to the doctor, and the doctor's like, uh, I'm not saying anything, but I can't find anything. Go to doctor number two. Doctor number two is like, um, uh, doctor number three. Doctor number three, right? Am I telling your story or what? Am I telling your testimony? Doctor number three said, it's gone. You've been healed. It is gone. That cancer is gone. It's gone. It's gone. That's your testimony. That's your story. And he is your healer. Sheila, that's her story. When we stand and sing, he's my healer. She don't just say, he's my healer. He's my healer. What am I having for lunch? No, 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 no. He's my healer. Hello. He took it from me. And I'm doing good. He's, his, he's our healer. But then what do we do with this sweet couple whose son was young and God took him? God healed him. And he's in a place where he'll never, never hurt again. He's totally forever healed. And, and I'm not God. I, I, you know, we want Jesus just to heal everybody. And in the Bible, he healed a whole bunch of people. In fact, he stayed after many times, hours, to make sure everyone, everyone in the area got healed. But, but not everyone gets healed. Paul, Paul wanted to be healed. He went to him and he said, God, help me. I've got a thorn in my flesh. This thing is messing with me. Personally, I think it was anxiety. That's what I think it was. It's like, it's messing with me and I'm begging you to take it. I'm trembling, he talked about. And the Bible said, God said to him, he said, man, my grace is sufficient for you. Because you are made strong when you're weak. My strength is more than what you need. So, so go ahead, give me, give me your lack and I'm going to bring everything I got. And it don't matter if you got this much or this much or you're negative. When I get in the picture, it's more than enough. And he still heals and some of you have lost relatives recently. My papa died three years ago. He's, he's the best man at my wedding. And um, I think that's all I have to say. He's my hero. He got sick when um, I was in 11th grade, and I, I stood at the bed crying, and I begged God to heal my papa. I begged him. And God gave us like 14 more years. 
And three years ago, on an ice-cold December day, in West Tennessee, on frozen ground, we said, see you later. And say goodbye, because it ain't goodbye. I said, see you later. That's the hope that we have as Christians, that we don't cry as those that cry without hope because we know we will see them again. My mom is in heaven. My papa's in heaven. My grandparents in heaven. My, some of my mentors are in heaven. One day it's going to be amazing to be with them. But what do I do now? I pray and I sing to the king who's given me everything. And I live a life with believing prayer, believing that God can and will do what's best. I may not think it's best, but he's the one that made me and he knows a little more than I know. So I trust him, even when I can't see him, even when it hurts. Today I do the funeral over a man that was on the news, ABC News, Fox News, all that stuff when he passed. This was a man of influence. Like who am I to do his funeral? I get to do his funeral today there's a family that's hurting right now. They're, they're aching because it happened too soon. Life's short. The Bible says it's a vapor. It appears and it's gone. It's short. And it, it doesn't matter if you're 94, 16, 3, 25, 57. It's short. We really, it comes and it goes so fast, right? At a certain age, we're thinking about how old am I? I can't wait till I get this age. Then I can do this. I can't wait till I can get this. Remember, men? I can't wait till I'm this age. Then I'm going to shave. You know, I can't wait till I'm this age, then I'm going to drive a car, right? Can't wait till I'm 21. Some of you had that thought, right? Can't wait till I'm 21. Can't wait till I go to college. I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait. And then, you know, as we get older, we stop thinking about, man, you know, how old we're getting. We start thinking about how much time I have left. Some passage, James speaking to us. And would you bow your heads real quick and close your eyes? He finishes and he says this. He says, man, that believing prayer will heal you and Jesus will put you on your feet. And if you sin, you'll be forgiven, healed inside and out. That's what we need today, man. We need to be healed inside and out. We need Jesus. Maybe you're here today. You just need Jesus put you back on your feet. You're a Christian. You stumbled. You've fallen. That's okay. He's not mad at you. He doesn't like sin, but he loves you. He wants to get you back on your feet. If you're here today and you don't know his love, can I tell you that he loves you so much he died for you when you were at your worst? In other words, he saw your worst moment. He saw you when you were the dirtiest and he loved you the most. No wonder they call him the Savior. My Bible says, if you will confess with your mouth, that means that you agree with what God said. You say, oh, yep, you're right, I'm guilty, I'm a sinner. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that is that he is God and we're not, if you believe in your heart that he loved you, he died for you and was buried and rose again, the Bible said you'll be saved. You'll immediately pass from death to life. What does that mean? That means that, that you have life in you, eternal life living in you. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live again. When I do the funeral today, that gentleman, I'm told, was a Jesus follower. He's in safe in the arms of Jesus today. If you don't have that assurance, please don't leave without it. Because the truth is, if you 
die and think you'll end up in heaven because your good outweighed your bad, you're forever mistakenly wrong. You have a whole lot of regrets. It's not in you being good. We couldn't be good enough. It's in you believing him who was good enough. Anyone here like that today? You say, I need Jesus. I want him. I, I don't understand everything about the Bible, Tim. I don't got a lot of Bible knowledge or, you know, I don't even have a Bible maybe. But you say, man, I just, I feel right now in my heart that God loves me. Maybe I've never felt that. Maybe I felt it and then I blocked it out. Something happened. I got angry at him. I'm mad, got bitter. But I feel his presence right now. I, I, like, I feel like he loves me and I just want to say yes to him. I want to invite him into my life. Anyone say, that's me today, Tim. Would you raise your hand all over? I won't embarrass you. I won't ask you to say anything. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand so we can give you a gift. Anyone? You'd hold your hand up high all over. There's already hands up in the air. Hold it high. We want to give you a Bible and a booklet. Hand right there, please. We won't embarrass you. Hold up your hand. Say, man, today I just accept God's love and everything that goes with it. It's awesome. I'm going to close in prayer. What, I, what I'd like you to do is um, for you just to, just to do that, just to say, Jesus, come into my life. I'm a sinner and I need you. The thief on the cross didn't have a long prayer. He just said, remember me.